Jesus, Son of God, the person that the author of the Gospel of Mark, Mark, the friend and servant of the apostles, uh, wrote in his Gospel. And we're not going to look at it this morning. Um, last week we started in chapter 5, and we saw Jesus in um, Jesus' dealings uh, with a, a man, one of two men that was uh, living in the tombs on the other side, on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. And the, uh, these men, in the particular one that, that Mark talks about, um, had a, a demon known as Legion, which was many demons living his life. And so we talked about that and, and looked at that encounter. But this morning we're going to answer some of the questions that came up in some of our minds as we were looking at Jesus deal with that um, man that was filled with a demon. And so we're going to look at some other passages this morning that speak of the enemy's work uh, today in our lives. Um, just like the enemy was at work in Job's life, we saw that in the last two weeks in our scripture reading, part one and part two. Part one, God gave Satan permission to mess up Job's life, just not touch his body. Part two, after Job really messed up his life in a terrible way, terrible, terrible way, Job said, well, the only reason he didn't turn against you, God, is because you didn't let me touch his body. Let me touch his body and we'll see what he does. He'll curse you to your face. And so God gave, Job, God gave Satan permission to work against Job's body itself. And he did that. And many of you know the rest of the story that Job did not curse God to his face. Job remained faithful. He had lots of questions and God gave him lots of answers. But Job remained faithful to God. And, he, and he's pointed out in, in uh, the book of James, he's pointed to as a person that we should look to when we go through suffering. And if Job's one that we should look to as we go through suffering, then we also recognize that maybe Satan or his demons are involved sometimes in our suffering like they were in Job's. Now, we have the advantage over Job. We know his whole story. We know what was going on behind the scenes in the heavenlies. Job didn't. He just knew all of a sudden stuff started getting really, really bad in his life. God knew he had the faith to, to handle that. And some people think, boy, I didn't know God was mean like that. Because it seems like he's, that's sort of mean. He could, he could have kept Satan from doing any of that stuff to him. And he could have. He did for many years before that. But God has a higher goal for our lives than just for us to have everything going our way. God wants us to grow, and God wants to use us in the lives of others. And so we see through the life of Job, that has happened over and over again. He grew, certainly, and his wife grew, and so many people like us have benefited over the years of learning to deal with our sufferings um, like he did, continuing to praise. And that's one of, the, one of the great attributes of Job, that he continued to praise God. Oh, yeah, he, he had lots of questions, and we have lots of questions sometimes, too. And that's why this morning we want to... We want to look at some of the verses that describe Satan's work um, among us and, and around us. And, and again, not only him, himself personally, but also those other fallen angels that went with him 
And some, as Second Peter says, some are already in their dungeon, already being set aside for the day of judgment, but others are with, with Satan roaming around. Um, and we'll see what, uh, what God has to say in it. So first turn with me to First um, Peter chapter 5. I referred to a couple of these last week, but we didn't turn to them. And I want to do that this morning so that we understand um, how we can face the difficulties that we face, um, even though it's different than what Jesus was encountering with that man that was possessed by a demon. First um, Peter chapter 5. Look at verse 8. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's a, that is an awful picture. But a picture that we need to be aware of because it's reality. Verse 9, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Don't give up. When you're suffering as Peter's readers were suffering, apparently... Satan had gotten permission, as he did in Job's life, to mess with Peter's readers. And you see that Peter's readers were, were from a lot of different churches throughout um, what's present-day Turkey and, and, and even some of the surrounding areas. A lot of churches and a lot of people were suffering, and Peter indicates that part of their suffering was because Satan like a lion, was seeking out people that he could devour. We've seen, I'm assuming that you've seen some of the same shows I have. I mean, I can take you all the way back to Marlon Perkins if I need to. Um, and some of you are saying, you'll have to look that up, Google that later. Um, we've seen National Geographic, Marlon Perkins, Mutual of Omaha, Animal Kingdom, um, We've seen lions do what they do. We've seen them isolate visually the, the wildebeest that, you know, or the new that got separated from the rest of the herd that was kind of weak, that had a limp. And, and they all zero in on him and they hit him and they tear him apart. That's the picture that, that Peter presents here as to what our enemy is doing today working against us, being mean, trying to, trying to discourage us, trying to destroy us. What did Jesus say about the enemy? That he's a destroyer. He, he, he's seeking to destroy. And so we're, that's, that's what we're facing. And what does Peter say? Stand firm in your faith. Grow in your faith. 
Just because he's, he's fighting against us doesn't mean that we have to give in and fall. Look also at James chapter 4. Right, it's really close, just another, um, another letter or right before this, James chapter 4, just before 1 Peter. Look what he says. Verse 7. Start with verse 6. But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we don't have to, and I mentioned this last week, when we, when we, were, when we were looking at the life of that, of that man who, who roamed the hills you know, around the, the ten cities, on the east side of the, of, of the Sea of Galilee, who roamed the hills and screamed and, and yelled in, in agony and pain and lived among the tombs. We look at that man and we think, well, there, there's no victory there. But in Christ, Peter and James both are letting us know that there is victory for us over Satan and his schemes. We'll speak of those schemes in just a minute. John, 1 John, if you'll turn, turn there, again, right here in the back of the New Testament, look at 1 John chapter 4. A great encouragement to us to help us realize that we don't have to worry today. And this is something that uh, someone asked me after the message last week. I tried to, to be clear, but want to want to clarify. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. The fact that we don't have to worry as believers in Christ about being possessed by a demon or a legion of them as that man was in Mark chapter 5. Look what John says. Verse 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. These are the, the people that are living according to the way of Satan in this world. You've overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in the world, he's referring to Satan and the demons. But the Holy Spirit who is in us, and we've talked about this many times, that the moment we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, as we were celebrating Ella Julian's salvation this morning as she, as she entered the water of baptism, the moment earlier this summer when she put her trust in Jesus Christ, the Word of God tells us that the Holy Spirit came to live in her life and in the life of every other person who puts their trust in Jesus Christ. And because he lives in us, Satan or his demons cannot. Because he's greater than he is in the world. Jesus showed us that when he 
when he cast those demons out of that man, as we read that last week from Mark chapter, chapter 5. So even though we have to face Satan and his demons and their attacks in our lives, we don't have to worry about whether or not they can ever inhabit us like they were inhabiting that man. And the reason isn't because we're so good. The reason is because God himself, for all of us who, who know him, God himself, by the power of his Holy Spirit, who came to live in us the day of our salvation, has sealed us, according to Ephesians chapter 1, has sealed us. And we are assured of our, not only of our salvation, but of his presence in our lives all the time. And since he lives in us, and he is greater than Satan who is in the world and his demons, we don't have to worry about being you know, inhabited or possessed by demons like that man was in Mark chapter 5. Now the Apostle Paul makes probably the, the longest, most definitive statement about our fight against Satan in this world. And so I want to look at Ephesians chapter 6 just for a moment. If you turn with me there. Ephesians chapter 6. As I mentioned last week in referring to this verse, this, uh, this section about Satan and the, de- and the demonic forces that work against us uh, follows Paul's important and long, the longest teaching on marriage in the Scripture and family and even even enters into the uh, slave-slave-owner relationship of the first century, which we can um, take and, and look at also our work environments. But all of, those, all of those important relationships are mentioned. Then he mentions the battle that we're involved in. So look with me in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally after he talks about all these relationships that, he, that he's given us to, to serve him in. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. That is the expectation. Even though we face a terrible enemy, and really it's, a, it's a, a troop of enemies, Satan being the leader of that, of that group. But you see how they were described here. Our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That is a robust enemy. 
But the assumption that Paul's making is if we stand firm in our faith, if we grow in our faith, if we resist him, as James and Peter mentioned to do, recognizing that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world, that when the day of evil comes, and it does come, and there he, here he's referring, he's, he's mentioning the day of evil as that day that Job faced when Satan started working against him, as, as the, the readers of First Peter throughout the churches in, in Turkey and Asia Minor, the day of evil came. They were facing the devil's schemes in their lives. When we face that day, some of us are facing it right now. Some of us have faced it and will face it again. When we face that day, when we face that opposition, that terrible opposition, because, because remember, he, he's described like a lion devouring prey. He's, he's mean. Look at what he did to Job. He is mean and ruthless. And when we face him, the Apostle Paul, as did John, as did James and Peter, they, these apostles, because they faced these same things, they expected that their readers, in, in this last case, the Ephesians, they expected that these believers would be found standing after the battle was over. After the resistance was presented, the resistance that comes with the armor of God, and, and we're not going to look at the, at, at the entirety of that section this morning, but the, the armor of God can be summarized in two things. The Holy Spirit who lives in us and the Word of God who Jesus personified, that Jesus personified and then gives to us in its written form that we have the tools that we need, we have the armor that we need to remain standing even after the battle is over, whatever that battle might be. That doesn't mean that it's easy. The wives of these five men that my shirt represents this morning found the day of evil to be very difficult when their husbands were killed on that beach, on that, on that tributary of the Amazon in Ecuador. That was, a, that was a terrible blow to them. But if you read their stories, you'll find that after that battle was over, they were still standing. Even to the point where two of them personally went back in, so to speak. It was difficult, it was hard, it took a lot of, stra- of strategy and, 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 and contacts, but they went back in. And today, almost 70 years later, there's a thriving church among that people group. Those women, while they faced terrible opposition, they stood. We should have the same expectation in our lives. Now, see, people are saying, what, my husband's going to get killed? 
Is that what you're telling me? No, that's not what I'm telling you. But if he does, you can stand. If she does, if your wife does, you can stand. If your parent dies, you can stand. If your child dies, you can stand. If your job suffers or you lose it, you can stand. If you get really sick, if you, if you find yourself like Job, sitting in sackcloth and ashes and scraping your scabs with broken pottery, because it's the only relief that you can find from the pain that you're going through, you can stand. If your wife comes up to you like Job's did and says, curse God and die, you can stand. And if you're the one that says, curse God and die, you can stand. Because she did. She came around. She came, she came back. That was a low moment. She came back. She could succumb for a moment, but she came back. How do we know? The end of the story. They had 10 more kids. You don't have kids, you don't have more kids with that guy if you didn't come back. If you didn't get over that, if you didn't recover from that terrible moment when you said the worst thing that you could have said, would seem, if you said it, you would seem like, oh, that's probably unforgivable. No, it wasn't. She stood. And we can stand. Don't be surprised when you face trials of various kinds. That can be from James. That can be from First Peter. That can be from Jesus. Because this is one of the themes of the Scripture. Don't be surprised. We have a scheming, strong enemy who hates us. And God allows him at different times and ways, God allows him to be involved in our lives. If not him, one of his demons or some of his demons. And we don't know how, how that all works. One thing we do know, they can't live in us. They can't possess us. And that we have power over them by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the body of Christ. Because we can resist, because we can fight back in the right ways. By growing in our faith, by continuing to praise God, by continuing to acknowledge who God is in our lives and what our future holds. Because even in the midst of the worst kinds of suffering, our future still holds this great promise. The promise of baptism. That we have identified with the Lord Jesus Christ in his death and burial, where our sins were put on him by our faith in him, our sins were put on him by his great power, because he was the perfect one, our sins were put on him, and as he rose from the dead and then ascended to the right hand of the Father to send the Holy Spirit to live in all of us who believe, all of us who believe will also rise from the dead and live with him in glory forever. That is the fact. And we remind ourselves of that when we face the difficulties, when we face the trials, that maybe our 
that maybe his root cause is Satan or his demons working against us. We don't give up. We don't quit. And when we do give up and when we do quit, we, like Job's wife, we get back up by the power of God in us, by the strength and truth of his word, by the encouragement of the body of Christ, we get back up. And when the day of evil comes and the battle hits us and it's over, we are standing. That's the promise. That's the guarantee. And so, that we don't look at, Matt, at Luke, or excuse me, Mark chapter 5, in Jesus dealing with that demoniac, that man who is possessed by those many demons. So we don't look at that in, in, in fear and trembling and say, oh no, I hope that doesn't happen to me. We don't have to fear that. But we also can't say, well, that difficult things will never happen to us. No, they will. But they will never, it will never happen to us outside the scope of God's permission and his plan to grow us in our faith and to use us for his glory through that experience or those experiences. A key to it is recognizing that we are God's children. We are God's servants. We are here to honor and glorify him in whatever way he chooses to use us. In Job's life, Job enjoyed it more when God chose to use him as a leader in his community, as a successful businessman and a great family man and uh, the envy of all of his neighbors. He enjoyed that more. But that wasn't his priority. His priority was to serve his Savior, his God, no matter what. And that also is our priority. Oh, we love it on the days or the weeks or the months when we get to serve the Lord in, in, in just wonderful circumstances and great relationships and great health and, and a great economy and all those things. We love that. And sometimes we, we forget that that's not what it's about. But that's not what it's about. What it's about for us is that we love and serve our Savior and grow in Him by the power of His Holy Spirit in our lives, by the truth of His Word, and find ourselves standing after the battle is over. And remember, some of you are thinking, well, I've had my battle. I'm done with that. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord that you, that you stood after that one, but don't think that there may not be another one coming. We need to be ready. We need to encourage each other to be ready. And we need to encourage each other when we're walking through it. Because none of these battles are easy. None of these battles are pleasant. But all of these battles are effective in doing in our lives what God intends to be done in our lives and to use us as a witness to those who are watching or that we'll tell about later as we're helping them through a battle themselves. And so, the enemy's strong, but God's stronger. He's mean, 
but God can overcome him. And we, through the power of God in our lives, and the truth of his word, and the encouragement of his body, can be standing when the battle's over. In fact, we will be standing when the battle is over. That is the expectation. And that is our, our confidence in the promises of God. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning again for the great picture of victory that we find in Mark chapter 5. But we also thank you that in the different kinds of battles that we face today than that man was facing, against a strong, terrible enemy, that what you have done and what you have promised is enough. And that if we trust in you, and if we grow in you, and if we continue serving you as the children and members of your kingdom that you've made us, we will stand. And others will be able to stand because we have stood. We thank you for the apostles. We thank you for the prophets like Job, who are such great examples of these things. And we thank you for the encouragement of your word. And Heavenly Father, you know if there are those uh, with us today or online with us that haven't yet put their trust in Jesus. They still don't have this confidence to be able to stand against the the one who hates you and your people so much. But, Father, they need you. They need to see that Jesus, your Son, is the the only one who can forgive them of their sins, the only one who can give them the promise of eternal life, the only one who can make sense of this life for them. So give them the courage, give them the knowledge, give them the faith to put their trust in Jesus, even this morning. Help them not to wait. Help them not to waste another day apart from you. But give them the faith to put their trust in Jesus today so they also can have this great expectation, this great assurance that they will be standing when it's all over. Because you are more powerful than the enemy who would seek to destroy us. And we give you praise and honor today for that. In Jesus' name, amen.